0: good morning everyone kevin here from skywatcher and welcome to another episode of the skywatcher what's up webcast where we check out everything from what's up in the sky to equipment to helpful tips and tricks on imaging and visual and of course at the end of the month we have a special guest on to talk about their specialty in the field of astronomy um so it is officially october uh welcome to the october uh night sky wait a minute wait a minute hold on do I have the wrong PowerPoint loaded? Bear with me just a second. Hold on. Make sure I've got the right one loaded up here. Do 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 do. do. Um, quick note, real quick. While well, I fix something here, real quick. Um, I'd like to let everybody know that we're actually gonna try to. Um, we had some people write in about the totem. Uh, target of the month. Um, and. There was someone who made a good point that uh, usually we weren't planning to announce the totem um, object of the month until the first uh, episode of the month, like what we're doing right now. The problem with that is we're already on day seven of October, so we've already lost basically a week. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're still going to announce the target um, on the first webcast of the month. but. Um, if you want to know what the totem target's going to be before we announce it here, you can go over to the skywatcher, uh, skywatcher USA website. I will show you here in a second. I'm getting my life together here real quick. And there we go. That's better. Um, just real quick. Let me bring this up. Um, you can go to skywatcher USA, the website, and you go up to media and hit target of the month and the first workday of the month we will go ahead and post what the target is going to be on this page so you won't have to wait until the first friday of the month because like i said we're on day seven of october already so just a heads up uh there Uh, okay let me get back to order there we go hooray we have our life together now um what I was telling you is, if you go to skywatcherusa.com, go up to media, hit target of the month, and then it'll take you to the uh, target of the month challenge. Um, and the first workday of the month, we will make sure that target is going to be up. Um, and then we will then just announce the target here on the first uh, What's Up webcast of the month. Um, but if you want to find out what that's going to be ahead of time, it's there. So. Sorry for uh, those who were waiting here and losing a couple days on that. But anyway, there we go. So a um, couple announcements before I get started into things. Um, we do have our Skywatcher Threadless store. You can go up there and get some cool swag. There's some new shirts up there, sellers, all kinds of fun stuff is up there. If you're looking for that, that is skywatcher.threadless.com uh soul uh the solar observing lab we are only like two weeks away from it at this point um actually tomorrow we're going over to the venue to do some logistic planning um but if you want to come join us for soul it's two weeks out at this point kind of crazy um go ahead and reserve your seats if you want to be in the talks um you can pre-order tickets so you don't have to wait in line um there is a uh we are going to be doing a uh raffle which will be held at the stella booth um we are also let me see if i updated the pdfs yet here uh because i did do it nope i don't have the new one up yet um we're gonna have um we're having a raffle at the stella booth um they'll be selling not selling but they'll be giving away tickets there one you can register there um for the Astronomy Association of Arizona, there will be a uh, silent auction for various products there. You can do that, which would be kind of cool. And we also have custom made uh, soul glasses um, from our sponsor at Rainbow Symphony. They're doing a thousand custom pairs of solar eclipse glasses with the soul brand on the side of it. So, um, Attendees will get those as well all kinds of cool stuff, but we're looking forward to seeing you there Go ahead and you can pre-order tickets now. So you don't have to wait in line and you can also uh, Pre-register for a talk if you just want to secure a seat Um, So anyway, that is Seoul, October 22nd here in Phoenix. Uh, We look forward to seeing you there. So anyway uh, that is that so uh, let's go ahead and get started for October nights guys um, if you like what you see here on the What's Up webcast, please go ahead and subscribe. Leave a like on a video. Uh, you can email us at info at skywatcherusa.com. Title it What's Up if you have any questions or ideas for a future What's Up webcast. Um, if you want to stay up to date with what's going on, um at skywatcher and you want to be part of the email blast and see all kind of stuff you can go to skywatchusa.com and click subscribe and save up at the top that registers you for our email blast and you get to hear about um stuff that's going on sale our cool monthly email blast as well as the weekly uh, what's up webcast topic with links so uh that is all up there you can hit subscribe uh if you want to be a part of that so Let's start off with the brightest object of the month, the moon. Um, new moon this month is October 25th, so uh, your dark sky weekend is going to be the 22nd and 23rd. I did not purposefully choose to put soul on the new moon weekend, but it happened. So that's what happened there. So you can still come hang out in the sun and then go off to your dark sky and observe if you want to, but that is uh, the dark sky weekend uh, for the month of October uh full moon for the month is october 9th we are basically this weekend is full moon it is the hunter's moon uh the hunter's moon is the first full moon after the harvest um and this was the moon that you would go out and start hunting and preparing for winter stowing all the meat away so we could be prepared um for the winter months now we have grocery stores and we don't do it as much so um But yes, so uh, October's full moon this year is on October 9th, and that is the Hunter's Moon. Last month was the Harvest Moon. Uh, They can change. Um, Sometimes the Harvest Moon does make its way into October, but uh, for this year, um, it is the Hunter's Moon uh, for October. Uh, Planets. Um, I'm sure many of you, like myself, who go out and just look at the sky a couple times a week um, are aware of we do have some pretty nice planets up right now. Um, Because it's daylight out and I can't show you, we're going to go over to Stellarium. Stellarium's a free uh, planetarium software. You can download it online. It's awesome. You can do some basic telescope control with it. It's just a great program altogether. Very easy to navigate and use. Um, But that is what I use for that. Um, So right now, we have a couple planets that are up right now. Saturn being probably the biggest one that's... um, Well, not literally the biggest one, but um one of the most popular ones to view right now we do have saturn up which is easy to see in the southern sky um basically just after sunset um, you can find it's kind of a creamy star um sitting up there high in the east uh oh kind of southeast south um portion of the sky but it's hanging up there in capricornus it has looked pretty good over the last couple um weeks there but saturn is hanging up there right now so you can pretty much get it throughout the evening right now um if you're doing outreach events now is a perfect time because you know saturn's very well placed and we also have jupiter uh jupiter is hanging out there um as well it is now pretty much naked eye visible right after sunset rising in the east and by you know eight o'clock it's sitting nice and high and you can get a telescope on it and see all kinds of fun stuff um Of course, we do have the moon kind of hanging out between the planets right now as well. But there's also a couple other planets that we've got. Uh, Let me see. Neptune is floating up there right now. Neptune is not far from Jupiter. It's actually just in front of it. Like, not just in front of it, but as far as it is crossing the sky, it is not far from uh, Neptune. And tonight it'll be just above the moon. Uh, Neptune, of course, is a telescopic object. You can't see it naked eye um, like Jupiter and Saturn. Um, So you will need to know where to look, or you could use your go-to telescope and have it find it for you. But it looks like a little blue ball, Um, the furthest planet from the sun in our own solar system. But uh, go ahead and check that out. If you're looking for a difficult thing to do, you can try to see if you can see Triton, uh, Neptune's brightest moon. Uh, Go ahead and see if you can do that. this weekend but yeah neptune's hanging out there so we have saturn we have jupiter we have neptune and actually uranus is not too far behind as well Uh, let's pull that up real quick Uh, uranus is actually rising into the sky about eight o'clock and as the evening progresses um, will become easier to see it's not terribly far from the pleiades cluster m45 which is starting to make its way into the evening skies now as we make our way into autumn and then not far behind pleiades rising at about 10 o'clock we have mars hanging out there but mars isn't really going to be in its optimal viewing position um until nearly midnight at this point but as the month progresses uh mars will be a lot more visible and easier for people to see so Right now, we kind of have a spread of planets. We've got Saturn, we've got Neptune, we've got Jupiter, uh, Uranus sitting behind there. And then by the middle of the night, we're starting to grab Mars. So there's a nice little spread of planets across the sky right now, if that's your thing. Um, But planets are pretty cool. And if you're doing outreach events right now, it's perfect season for it because the temperature's cooling off. People want to get outside. um, And then, of course, we've got Saturn and Jupiter, which are excellent naked eye planets and have some awesome detail to go out and see so that is it for the planets now the sun the sun is going off right now there's all kinds of cool detail i just need to update these slides one day um you can read it there it's the same thing every month at this point um but if you want to see what's really going up on the sun i like to go to gong h alpha go to google type in g-o-n-g-h alpha and these have all updated h alpha views of the sun you should be able to click on these um see there's a very large prominence right now there's a nice active region some filaments of collection of prominences out there so if you have an h alpha solar telescope go out and check it out today it looks like it's got some really nice stuff if you've got a white light filter you can catch the sunspots that are up there right now there's there's a little set right there um but there is some good stuff going up on the sun especially as we um ratchet up into solar maximum which i believe is around 2024 um ish uh, but the sun will be very active over the next few years um so if you're looking to get into solar now is the time plus we also have at least here in the u.s uh we have and canada uh we do have the 2023 annular eclipse and the uh which is in october And then we have the 2024 total solar eclipse that's going through the United States and down into Mexico, as well as a little bit of Canada on the east side. Um, But that, again, is why you should come to Seoul and learn all about that and check out all the cool solar telescopes that are going to be available. So two weeks away. Um, But anyway, that's that. Uh, If you want to know more, um, check out uh, Gong H-Alpha if you want to see what's going on up there. Before I continue with that, I should have brought up that you should never, ever look at the t- uh, the sun um, without the proper filtration, whether they're eclipse glasses and just looking up or making sure that your telescope has the proper filters. Um, that is actually the main purpose of the soul event that's coming up is to educate people how to safely and properly observe the sun From basic eclipse glasses all the way up to advanced filters that was really kind of the goal of the whole program so you can get a nice spread and really talk to people about what's what so anyway that is uh the sun it's very active right now i highly recommend getting out and if you don't have a solar telescope or some filters maybe think about getting one it's it's kind of a cool thing to do but make sure you are doing your due diligence and research before jumping into solar filters um that again is what soul the event is all about is to actually educate people correctly about that um but if you can't make it to that there's a lot of good information online um but please make sure you know what you're doing before you start observing the sun make sure you've done research make sure you have the proper filters because it is dangerous all right meteor showers um there's actually two meteor showers um going on um the first one i'm not really going to mention because it's very small i think it was like six meteors an hour um but the bigger one is at the end of the month the orionids um and it's actually positioned a lot better because there's not really a big moon in the sky because we're sitting right around new moon by the time this actually occurs this is obviously coming out of uh the constellation of orion um you're looking at about 15 meteors per hour um dark skies is going to be best it'll be best visible after midnight when the constellation is actually up and visible um but you're looking at october 20 and 21st as the peak and again we're talking 15 meteors per hour uh that is the orionid meteor shower um so if you're going to be out doing some new moon observing um you'll probably get a collection of meteors uh coming out of the east uh usually where the constellation of orion is um that's the name orionids Um, there is a smaller one that's going on right now um but because we're getting into full moon it's a lot it's not really well positioned at the moment and it was only like six meteors per hour so um not a big meteor shower uh comets as far as comets go we let me see let me get rid of the sun stuff here Um, I like to go to cometchasing.skyhound.com if you're looking for the latest and greatest on comets. Um, It gives you a pretty nice collection of what's going on um, right now for all the bright comets. So, you know, we have C2017K2 pan stars right now. It's not visible in the northern hemisphere. Our friends in the south are are obviously getting that. Um, We do have uh, C2022E3. This is 11th magnitude, so... Backyard, it's kind of small. Um, you could probably get this in like a four or five inch telescope, um, but it's actually pretty high. And the nice thing about this is it has these finder charts so you can pop up, and you can see where it's going to be. Um, so something cool to check out. But that's cometchasing.skyhound.com, and uh, you can just go down the list there. And there's a bunch of different comets that are visible. It tells you the limitations from the magnitude and see what you can get out of it. But This is where i like to go if you're into looking up comets Uh, maybe you're looking to capture something with a telescope for imaging or you just want to give comets a try but right now there's no major comets uh, visible right now everything's telescopic Um, it will tell you little notes here to see if anything looks like it might be particularly interesting to keep an eye on um, as the comet gets closer um, wherever it's going to be but Again, that's cometchasing.skyhound.com if you want to know more about those comets and what's visible. Um, right now, nothing major. There's some fun fun ones up there if you got the telescopes out, but nothing like naked eye, whoa um, stuff right now. of blowing through today um deep sky um we are officially in autumn so there's not we're in a big transition right now a lot of the big summer stuff um that sits in scorpio and sagittarius is pretty much gone um not long after sunset scorpio is pretty much set um like an hour or two after sunset at this point sagittarius is still kind of hanging in there um You can still get up into like Serpens where M16 and M17 and those cool nebulas are, but you do not have a large window to actually get in there. Um, But uh, one of the big objects uh, or big constellations that are still nice and high is Cygnus, the swan. And at the tail of Cygnus, you have NGC 7000, the North American nebula. If you're looking for a big object to shoot... um, Go up there. Um, it is an emission nebula region, so you can use H alpha filters or narrowband filters to get some cool pictures of it. It's about twenty two hundred light years away. Visually you really need to be in dark skies to pull this down, unless you have the night vision systems with an H alpha filter, then go for it in the middle of town. Um but ultimately um it's really better as a deep sky um, dark sky object Um, visually uh, i usually recommend using like a uhc filter to bring it out you could try an o3 or h beta but a uhc filter would be very helpful if you're doing it visually Um, you can do it in a variety of different apertures as well Um, obviously the more aperture the better because it's going to resolve more but as the telescopes get bigger you generally reduce the field of view And this thing is over 3 degrees um, in the nighttime sky, so you need a big chunk of sky to actually catch it. Um, Imaging-wise, you can do it in town if you want. Uh, Again, these narrowband filters that are out nowadays make it very easy because it's an emission target, but dark skies always help. But uh, that is NGC 7000, the North American Nebula. Another fun one that's sitting up in Lyra right now is still relatively high in the sky is M57, the Ring Nebula, um, 2,500 light years away. Very popular little planetary nebula, uh, easily done in town in like a four to six inch telescope. Obviously, bigger telescopes are better to really get in there. Um an o3 filter does a nice job on this visually a uhc filter does a nice job i find the o3 filters have a little bit more punch because they're a narrowband filter rather than the uhcs which are broadband um, so if you're hunting planetaries visually an o3 filter goes a long way um, this little thing can actually handle some magnification too especially if you have some aperture on it And the major challenge visually for the Ring Nebula is being able to see the central star, which is about 15 and a half magnitude. Um, You can do it with a 14 or 16 inch telescope from dark skies. Larger instruments obviously will be easier at resolving it. Um, But that's kind of the challenge of the Ring Nebula itself is being able to see the central star of the ring, which, like I said, is about 15th magnitude. Which is about the limit for a 16-inch telescope. So, there you go. Uh, For imaging, you can do it in town. Dark skies help. It's a narrowband target if you want to do that. Uh, Imaging-wise, the challenge for the Ring Nebula would actually be to get the outer halo of the ring, which I don't have a picture of. Um, But there is this outer halo of hydrogen that kind of extends beyond the ring about, yeah, so far. Um... But that's a fun one to go after, Um, but it's a a challenge, because unlike uh, most nebulas, you are trying to do a long exposure on it, but you don't want to blow out the central portion of the planetary nebula. So shooting planetary nebulas that have faint outer halos is kind of a a challenge, so good luck with that. But uh, that's M57. Uh, That was the first planetary nebula that I found with my own telescope. It's easily visible um, with moderate telescopes. And it's easy to find because Lyra is fairly bright. And this sits right between the two uh, far stars of the constellation Lyra. Um, so uh, when you say O3 filter, you mean O3 narrowband filter? So only let's uh, yes, uh, O3 filter, oxygen three filters, uh, visual oxygen three filters are narrowband. All O3 filters are narrowband filters, um, obviously for imaging they're uh, a variety of band passes on how narrow you want to get but for visual work uh, they're a lot broader than like an imaging filter but they're still a narrow band filter because they're letting in a very select portion of light but yes o3 filters are my recommendation for planetary nebulas when you're doing visual if you need something that's got some punch to it Um, another good one that's up right now is m13 the hercules star cluster 25,000 light years away it's about 175 light years in diameter and there's a planetary nebula in it um which is a challenge uh this is doable in town it's a great object to show for outreach events because it's just easy to get it's a million stars um it's naked eye visible uh from darker skies uh imaging Globular clusters are incredibly forgiving and very easy to do Um, so in town they're fantastic objects Um, the nice thing about shooting a globular cluster in town is you're usually not trying to track down any kind of faint nebulosity out of it and it's really easy to kind of work with gradients Um, a lot of times when we're shooting in town you get gradients in your images um which can be a super pain if you're trying to work with something that's got real faint structures but because globulars are so tight and condensed um they're usually very forgiving when it comes to gradients um, in the nighttime sky Um, they're very nice to get some color out of and they don't take very long um, to capture a nice image of one so um, i find that globulars tend to be overlooked in the imaging and uh, side of things Uh, But they are very easy, and they are very forgiving. So that's M13, the Hercules star cluster. It's in the constellation Hercules, of course. Um, The largest globular in the North American skies, um, only to be outdone by Omega Centauri, which is barely visible um, here in the Northern Hemisphere, unless you're in the southernmost latitudes. Ideally, you'd really need to go to the uh, Southern Hemisphere to see that one. Uh, But that's M13. That's a cool one to go after right now. Um, I find I'm usually on this target um for most outreach events because it, it just looks nice and it's easy to see m27 the dumbbell this was actually the totem target for this month however it wasn't m27 itself it was the o3 wings of m27 which we'll get to in a little bit uh, this is in the constellation of Volpeca, about 9800 light years away this is another planetary it's easy um from town obviously better in dark skies what's cool about m27 is you can compare it to m57 the ring the ring nebula we're looking right down the center like right down the middle of a donut um, m27 we're actually looking from the ring on the side um, so different perspectives of how this all works but um, m27's a very nice target it's much larger than the ring nebula it does have some structure to it as well um, not that the ring doesn't um, but this one's got some different structure it looks more like an apple core in a telescope uh you know the blue structures that you see here um right over here you don't really get a lot of this um what you're going to see more in the telescope is kind of where the red structures are that's where you're going to see more of visually Um, in a darker sky location you will see it make it does look more of like a football shape But for most telescopes, it looks more like an apple core and, you know, basic skies. But darker skies, you'll be able to see more. And of course, if you've got some serious aperture going onto it, you'll be able to pull out more and more detail there. Um, But that's M27. It's a fantastic target. It's great for narrowband as well. I've seen some very cool bicolor images. Um, Even some Hubble palette stuff with this nebula looks kind of neat. But there's a lot of signal in this nebula. So if you want to go after it and get some unique stuff... You're able to go do it with uh, M27 um, or the Dumbbell Nebula, and that's up in Volpeca. Uh, my favorite nebula of all time is the Veil Nebula. This is up in Cygnus. Um, it's actually more about 2,000 light years away. Um, requires darker skies. This is a very large nebula, about three light three light years, um, three uh, degrees uh in the sky it's a supernova remnant Uh, there's a lot of very interesting uh very subtle and intricate detail in this nebula um and the larger the telescope the more intricate that detail gets um this does require darker skies an o3 filter goes a long way um with this nebula it's very o3 heavy Uh, UHC's are very nice as well but I find the O3 does a very nice job especially if you're really looking for the structure Um, imaging wise uh, you can do this in town with narrowband filters dark skies help it's an awesome narrowband target the challenge of this one is it's huge Um, the nebula is absolutely enormous if you want to see a really high resolution image of this um, I shot this last year with our remote observatory and i have a one gig image of this if you want to download it and check it out you can go to focusastro.org go to gallery and at the bottom you'll see veil nebula Um, and i have the full mosaic uh, here like i said it's one gig it's a huge shot Um, that's actually what you're seeing here in front of you um Well, not in front of you, because my thing's here. What you're seeing here, this is my mosaic shot, except it's too big to actually showcase it in high resolution. So if you want to see it, you can download the one gig. um, Here's the full uh, image here, but you can zoom in way in there um, and get all kinds of awesome detail in there. Um, Download it, play around with it. There's all kinds of stuff in here. There's galaxies in here. the nebulosity in here is insane um but this took several months to complete this mosaic I shot with the esprit 150 um in one shot color and luminance so i have two i use two esprit 150s one shot color data one shot luminance and this is all natural color there's no narrow band done on this one so basically i shot color data and then applied luminance on top of it to help boost it um maybe we'll do an episode about that kind of imaging if you guys want to know that process it's kind of cool to do a one-shot color plus monochrome to boost Um, but uh, yeah that is uh, the veil nebula mosaic right there so if you want to download that you can go over to the website focusastro.org at the bottom go ahead download it play around with it do whatever you like Um, but that's 03 Um, kind of a cool one let's see when you say o3 are you saying o3 are you only adding h alpha and s2 to your stacking um well if we're doing monochrome imaging um so what i'm talking about here when i say visual um i'm just talking about o3 or uhc uh but the question was when you say o3 are you saying o3 only or are you adding h alpha and s2 to your stacks i don't shoot a lot of s2 um i don't like s2 or sulfur 2 um there's just not a lot of signal in sulfur so there's a very little i've really shot with a sulfur filter because i find unless it's a bright emission target there's not really a reason for you to have a sulfur filter i feel like most people end up spending a lot of money on a sulfur filter when they should spend more money on an o3 filter the only reason you need to do hao3 and s2 is if you're going to be doing hubble palette um quite honestly i think h alpha and o3 filters are most of the time what you're going to need because the most signal is going to be in there um so h alpha i would you know get a decent h alpha probably around seven nanometers or narrower for imaging um and then o3 i would get the narrowest o3 filter that you could do um i would rather people spend more money on their o3 filter than spend money on a sulfur 2 so i would get like a seven nanometer hydrogen alpha and then like a five or narrower o3 because the moon glow will hinder your O3 data. So you are limited more on when you can shoot O3, especially if it's a broader broader band uh, imaging filter, like a seven nanometer or six nanometer O3. Um, you can have um, Moonlight actually enter that, um, and that's gonna hinder your data a little bit more. Where if you start to get down to five, four and a half, or three nanometer O3 filters, you can use that O3 way more often throughout the course of the month and not be hindered so much by the moon. So I don't like S2 filters. I know there's a reason they're there. I have two. They never get used. So at this point, I would much rather just encourage people to do bicolor imaging, HA and O3, and then make like a blend for your green channel. Um, any problems mixing filters like that back focus, et cetera? um, no, um, most of the time when you're buying filters, a lot of people end up buying the filters from the same manufacturer. So the back focus is pretty close, uh, to the same, um, like on our remote observatory that shot the veil image here, they're all chroma filters. Um, the other camera that we have out there, which isn't hooked up at the moment, their Optolong filters um and then most people who are doing color narrowband it's not really a big deal because you're gonna get focused and then you're gonna put your filter in there and you'll probably refocus once the filter's in there and then it's not a big deal um so that's that i'm gonna save some of these questions for the end that we're almost there um next targets m31 the andromeda galaxy two and a half million light years away this one's a fun one to see it's a good binocular object as well you can see it in town obviously aperture helps it's best in dark skies you can really see some structure there um like the cloud bands or the dust bands and the arms imaging you can do it in town dark skies help always uh i always would recommend using a little bit of h alpha um when shooting especially if you're doing um monochrome imaging use your h alpha filter when you're shooting uh M31 because there are some H2 regions or star-forming regions in the galaxy arms and the H-Alpha can really pop those little uh, things out. They look like little red uh, gemstones inside of the galaxy itself, Um, but that's a good one to go after. Very popular right now. It's just starting to rise, um, so you can get a good probably five or six hours or more on M31 right now um, if that's what you're going after. And then of course you have the Companions M32 and m110 go after it check it out uh not too far away from m31 is m33 the triangulum galaxy uh, 3.2 million light years away this one's a little bit more challenging to do visually because it's fairly diffuse um the arms are diffuse on this one uh, so you really need to go to darker locations to really get detail on it um but under dark skies it can look awesome uh we were down and the oracle dark sky festival two weeks ago at this point uh, we were observing with scott roberts from explore scientific i have my 28 inch Dob out there and we actually looked at this with the 28 um it looked good um, that was the first time i've seen it in a telescope that big as well um but it's very very impressive um and a telescope that big under dark skies you can actually start to see some of these uh, h2 structures um in there like really see the structures it actually looked very similar to this image the longer you looked um, but was kind of cool to see um but this one you really need to have darker locations to get the the outer arms because unlike andromeda it is not as well structured um and dense as andromeda is Uh, This one, as you move away from the core, it gets a lot more diffuse. Um, So darker skies definitely help visually. Imaging-wise, you can do it from town. Um, Galaxies are kind of tricky. There's just no filter that works for them. You could use a light pollution filter to get rid of some of the extra light pollution in your image. But it's not like an emission target where you could use H-alpha or O3. There's nothing you can really do to pop it out. Um, You just need signal at that point. Um, Very similarly, however, to um, the Andromeda Galaxy is you can do H-alpha imaging on this galaxy to help pop out the H2 regions, which we did in this shot. You can see a lot of these little pink uh, H2 regions in there. The H-alpha filter will help pop that out, which you can apply into your color data and just boost it a little bit more. But that one's kind of cool if you can do that and work with it that's m33 uh, next one's m15 um, right at the tip of pegasus the horse um, thirty two thousand light years away this is another globular it's easy from town um, but it it does good in dark skies what i did notice the when i shot this Picture. This is a one shot color picture. This was taken from our remote observatory in California with a Spree 150 and a one shot color 6200 from ZWO. There's integrated flux nebula up there, which is all this dusty stuff. I've never seen it before in an M15 image. Um, The cameras now are just so good and so low noise and the signals there that you can start finding this stuff there. So if you're going to be shooting M15, Uh, try to get this flux nebula that's floating in the the field there it looks it's pretty cool um actually but it's all nice and sitting there right now i should try shooting it again just for the fun of it um but that's m15 this is another great outreach target it's a little smaller than m13 it's a little further away than m13 um but it's nicely visible it's just rising it's nice and high in the sky right now after sunset good outreach target easy imaging target looks good from the backyard looks amazing from dark skies and if you're imaging try to get that flux nebula to come out um this little gray smoky looking stuff here's a higher resolution um all right if you're looking for something really a little bit more challenging uh, a friend of mine threw this over to me so i shot it for her and um she challenged me to go after it and we did so this is arp 273 the rose um hubble has an amazing uh image on this um but this is in the constellation of andromeda it's 300 million light years away from the earth Uh, this is a interacting galaxy um most of the arp catalog is interacting galaxies um dark skies big telescopes if you're going after this visually um i should have tried this the other weekend with the 28 to see but it i didn't think about it um i see it every fall and i always forget about it um so i'm glad i was reminded about it so this was the other night uh let's say friday this was wednesday night this is six hours of data um from the remote observatory this is an esprit 150 that shot it Uh, zwo 6200 uh, we had very good seeing that night um like 1.2 arc second seeing so this is a full one by one resolution image um heavily cropped because it's super small i'll actually show you the whole field and diana if you're watching you haven't seen the whole field yet wait did i crop it oh i cropped it Here we go it takes forever here we go this is the whole field of view of this telescope right here and the galaxy is way in there so you have to heavily crop um, this is a really good long focal length target um, there are a bunch of other galaxies in there but this is the raw stack um, but it is way down in there um, so even at a thousand millimeters you gotta crop Um, this would be better for 1500 or 2000 or if you just happen to have a big freaking plane wave telescope this is what you should be going after right now Um, but at a thousand millimeters with these little 3.8 micron uh, pixel cameras like a 533 a 2600 a 6200 um, and good seeing at a thousand millimeters does a pretty nice job so this is the rose um arp 273 um thanks diana for uh, throwing this one over. Um, there it is, the rose. Um, 300 million light years away. I have not done this one visually. Um, I need to make this a list so next time I'm out with the big dob to go after it um, and really see what we can get out of it. But uh, it's a heck of a challenge for imaging um, because it's tiny. Um, so you need some good resolution on this. Um, this is about six hours worth of data. Um, if you ever wanted to know or you're considering a zwo 6200 or qhy 600 six hours of data so i shot six hours that is 12 images an hour um, at five minute exposures six hours of data for with five minute exposures is eight and a half gigs of raw images with a zwo 6200 the frame size of this thing is enormous so make sure if you have or you're considering one of these cameras that you have a computer that's going to handle that kind of data um because it really took a while to download all of that from the observatory uh catalog number this is arp a-r-p arp uh 273 uh also known as the rose um so it should be rotated a little bit so the the larger spiral galaxy is on top and then the smaller interacting galaxy is the stem um but that's the rose so anyway there you go that's a good one thank you diana for um throwing this one out um i'm sure she would do a much better shot than i would because her processing is better than i am so um anyways uh that's it for the targets um fun targets of the month right there now let's talk about the true targets of the month uh for nightscape right now milky way season is pretty much coming to an end for the summer milky way so go out take some nice shots before the the core is pretty much gone um, but you can still get some good stuff out of it um so go after it there's the milky way uh binoculars i'm just gonna keep andromeda there um because it looks awesome if you've never seen andromeda in like 50 millimeter binoculars from a dark sky site you don't even understand how big the galaxy is in the nighttime sky until you use binoculars it it blows me away how large m31 actually is Um, and binoculars do such a nice job at putting that in perspective so if you have binoculars and you're going to some dark skies look at andromeda it's really impressive um, from a dark sky site, uh, telescopes, um, M33, I'm going to say that would be a good challenging little target to go after. Um, just because it's got some good detail in there. And if you can try to use the H2 regions to pop, uh, use the H alpha to pop out some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that would be a good, uh, telescope target right there. And of course, last but not least, the totem target, um, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Totem is Target of the Month. Um, every month we pick a new challenging target. You guys go after it and attempt to image it. And if you do it right, we'll send you the Totem Patch. Um, let me blow this up real quick Ta-da! Totem Patch. Um, now, some of you who've received your Totem Patches have probably also gotten the Skywatcher deck of cards um this is playing cards um so right now we are until supplies last which is gonna be a while um you'll get the skywatcher playing card uh playing card deck with your totem patch um the totem patches this is the 2022 patch this will change when we get to 2023 we'll do a new version of the patch but um if you've gotten a totem patch already and you enter it again you're getting another one it'll look the same so um the totem targets are for the u.s and canada only um at the moment sorry about that for our international friends um so yeah so um just here are the rules totem target uh imaging only because we need to be able to know that you did it um must provide the image by the end of the month um sorry if the weather sucks Uh, you're going to email those actually that needs to change Uh, we actually have a totem email now uh t-o-t-m at skywatcherusa.com all of that's up there actually just don't even bother looking at any of this um this was the totem target for last month uh the m m27 with the o3 wings these are the wings over here this is the stuff we were looking for We did have a handful of you submit some nice images but they were just of m27 the wings were not visible so sorry but that was the name of the game was to get the o3 wings we want this to be a challenge um if i just said go out and shoot m27 we'd burn through our whole stack of patches like that because everyone could do m27 but the wings are were the challenge Um, now we had a lot of submissions um this month so I didn't put everyone's images in here i'm sorry if your picture's not in here but there was a lot of really good ones um, out there i know some people also wanted to know about the equipment that's being used so i tried to put that in there um so thank you for those who've participated um wait a minute hold on backtrack because you guys aren't seeing what i'm seeing there we go uh, this was the name of the game the 03 wings of m27 you had to get the wings if the wings weren't there and it was just m27 you don't get the patch sorry um anyway uh moving forward because now you guys can see had a lot of really good uh, entries this month too many i just couldn't put them all in here so if your if your image didn't make it in here i'm sorry i tried to get everybody um we're still working on our totem email it's the first time we've had that up and running Um, so we are getting all that i do have a bunch of you already are gonna go get your totem patches mailed um the next week or so so we're getting those out for all of our uh, entries um so very nice work by a lot of people um uh for getting this it is a bit of a challenge um you know some really beautiful work um by all of you so we really look forward to seeing what you guys do this month so this month, October 20, October 2022, the the target of the month is Ghost of Cassiopeia, which is IC-59 and IC-63, which is just off of the center star of Cassiopeia called CAF. Um, so good luck with that. Um, this one's a fun one. You can do it with H-alpha. Um, you can do it visually. But the challenge on this one is you have a really bright star to contend with in the field. Um, you could probably get rid of it if you wanted to. I like targets that uh, have bright stars because it's kind of uh, contrasting uh, detail there, but uh, that is the target of the month. It just also happens to be uh, appropriate for Halloween. Um, I'm sorry, the, the central star there is Navi, uh, N-A-V-I, Not calf. apologies. Um, So the bright star here in the center of Cassiopeia, that's Navi. Um, And this is the target of the month, IC-59 and IC-63, the ghost of Cassiopeia. Um, Good luck um, with it. It it is quite responsive to hydrogen alpha. Um, I've seen some nice stuff with it. This, again, is a one-shot color with luminance um, data applied um shot from the remote observatory the skies away remote observatory complex where our telescope is at um uh but yeah good luck with it um and hope you guys uh do that um would it be possible down the road to display all accepted submissions i will try to do better with that yes um i would like to make sure everyone's image gets in the powerpoint um Like i said we just started the totem email so some of you had sent it to the info at skywatcher email which was fine um and then we switched everything over to the totem email so now you email all your submissions to totem um and that way it keeps them all nice and organized and that point so um uh, good luck with everybody doing that i hope you have a good one if you want to know all the rules about it um you can go to skywatcherusa.com, go to media, target of the month. All the rules are right there, and the target as well as all the older targets are all visible um, right there. We give you the Right Ascension Declination and all some of the information about that. Good luck with it. Um, moving forward, the first workday of the month, um, we will have this updated with the target of the month, so you will not have to wait until we announce it on the webcast um looking at this month you know we're at the seventh this is probably the worst it will ever be usually the first the webcast or the first webcast of the month is pretty close to the first of the month anyway um, this october happened to be the worst of them so but if you want to know you can find out all the information you want on the website ahead of time so you can get started on your image so good luck to all of you thank you all for participating in it i'm hoping you have fun with it um but yeah that is the totem target of the month um no ic59 doesn't need to be in the field really it's just ic63 um but do what you can um i like seeing both of them but as long as you get one of them you're good to go but ic63 is technically what it is listed as so go for it but if you can get the whole thing that's cool too Good luck. Um, If you like what you see here on the Skywatcher What's Up webcast, please go ahead and subscribe. Leave a like. Uh, You can also do info at skywatcherusa.com if you have ideas for a future What's Up webcast. Um, That's pretty much it for the October Night Skies. Uh, Next month, we're going to be talking about the Holiday Gift Guide. Uh, We always do this in November. And now, usually, most things are gone by November. if you are looking for some telescopes though right now for the holiday season our virtuoso gti's are in stock at several different dealers um here in the states um the 130 and the 150 go-to's um those are available right now um i know there's a variety of dealers who have them in stock so go check them out um to see who's got what um so that's a great telescope for the holidays they're under 500 bucks it's a five inch and a six inch telescope um I think a wide variety of our dealers have them um High Point B&H Star Arizona um you could check a little bit more I know those three have them right now off the top of my head but please check all of our dealers they all have a variety of different things that if you're looking for stuff but anyway um that's next uh week's gift guide we'll talk about that uh we do have star adventure two eyes in stock uh the evo lux 62 and 82s are in stock right now if you're looking for some stuff to get right now um and yeah so other than that guys we will see you next week thank you so much for watching have a great weekend uh go out and look at the big bright moon or something like that um but other than that Clear skies, everyone. Take care. Good luck on the totem target of the month. Thank you all for those who submitted last month. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Take care. Bye.